Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Vince Wright, host of the Sports Done Right podcast. And let me tell you something. When it comes to frozen pizza, there is only one pizza that stands out above the rest, and that is 7th Avenue Pizza, proud sponsor of the Sports Done Right podcast. Make sure you go get you some at Speedway, Holiday Stations, Lunds and Byerly's, Hy-Vee, amongst other places as well. We thank them for supporting the show. 7th Avenue Pizza. I am Vince Wright, and I approve this message. This is Bobby Boucher from the 50 Shades of Boucher podcast, and you're listening to Sports Done Right. Oh, yeah. Get your snow cats ready and get over here. Right now? You're darn tootin'. Don't you know it's time for the governor's weekly address? Live from the Situation Room of his lakefront chateau, he's bringing a little color to the voice of Minnesota sports talk and worldwide. His mama calls him Vince, but you can call him Governor. And by way of executive order, he's serving real sports fans a dose of sports done right. Are you ready? You like that? You like that? Line to left center field, Byron to his right, running, diving, and makes a spectacular catch! Lost one out near side, May there, intercepted! Gophers have picked it off! It's Winfield down the sideline to the 31! His second INT of the day! Slot for a shot, he scores! Sugarola and Kaprizov work their magic again! Everybody, Vince Wright, the sports governor, coming to you live and direct. Another sports done right coming to you here. And I know we've been away for a quick minute. I thank you for your patience. Because, you know, sometimes, like we say, the sports governor, Vince Wright here, you know, real life work gets in the way. The daytime job gets in the way sometimes. But, hey, that's what pays the bills. So here we are. We are back. And we have a very, very special show, a very, very special guest. On tonight's show, uh, basketball coaching icon, legend, Larry McKenzie Sr. will be joining us tonight on the Sports Done Right uh, podcast. And I, indeed, an honor. Coach McKenzie, to me, is one of the greatest high school coaches, and I mean that, ever. And I'm not talking just Minnesota. And what he does with these young men, not only on the court, but off the court, helping to raise them to become um, pillars of society, fantastic young individuals. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's going to be a fun story. We just wrapped the interview, so I can't wait to get it to you here. So, again, thank you for listening. I am Vince Wright, the sports governor. This is the Sports Done Right podcast brought to you by Cultivated CBD, the best CBD products out there. So pain, sleep, anxiety, you got issues, that's where you want to go cultivatedcbd.com and the best frozen pizza out there 7th Avenue Pizza that's right the Nelson family knows what they're doing because 7th Avenue Pizza is the best frozen pizza in Minnesota make sure you go get you some at uh 
many, many outlets around the state now, and they're adding more as we speak. So uh, just keep an eye, 7th Avenue Pizza, the best frozen pizza out there. Uh, let's just get to it here. So I'm, I'm really just going to touch very briefly on the Gophers and the Vikings here. because I, You know, we have about an hour-long interview with Coach McKenzie, and it is a great interview with a lot of good stories. So I really want to get to that. So uh, I haven't talked to you since the Gophers lost to Purdue 20-10. to 10, And, you know, no need to rehash it. We, we know what we saw. No Mo Ibrahim, and it was really kind of scary to see that without him, how that offense took about three steps backwards and just couldn't get anything going all day. They they got the one touchdown, but man, you know Illinois defense. Illinois's got like the number two defense in the country, and their offense, their running back right now might be the best in the country. So, uh, at the, Illinois has their starting quarterback back. This is going to be a very interesting game down in Champaign-Urbana. So the Gophers are going to have to be ready. Mo Ibrahim is back. So it is time to put up or shut up. I mean, that's one of the things I've been telling you on the Sports Number Right podcast here. It is time to see it on the field. That's all I'm saying about the Minnesota Golden Gophers. My squad, love them, but we got to see it on the field. Don't really want to hear any more excuses and whatnot. Do it on the field. One of the teams that's been doing it on the field want to give, got to give some love to my man, Grant Horton. Grant Horton, our usual SEC uh, rube, snob, whatever you want to call him, you know, Mr. Tennessee. And now his Tennessee uh, volunteers are up to number six in the country. They're five and no, they got a, a real quarterback. And Tennessee looks like they're back. They get Alabama this week, and that is the game of the weekend for me. That's the one I'm going to be watching, man. Alabama, well, they dropped down to number three. So in the rankings, you got Georgia. Ohio State is number two now. Okay, okay. Bama down to three. Clemson four. Michigan number five. And then Tennessee. Tennessee poised to be back in the college playoff discussions. Look at that. So shout out in all honesty to Tennessee. I, I've given Grant a lot of grief about this team over the past few years, but they are definitely back and they are playing some very exciting football down there um, in the in the state of Tennessee. University of Southern Cal comes in at number seven, undefeated Oklahoma State, undefeated number eight, Mississippi Ole Miss, six and oh, they're number nine, and the Penn State Nittany Lions coming in at number 10. So, you know, college football off and running, but man, we got some really good games and keep an eye on Ohio state, because I really think that they're going to be looking to, to really send the message all year long. Obviously it's the Michigan game and yeah, you know, they play Penn state too, but I think Ohio state, it's, it's their conference to lose and some other fun stories that we see going on here, you know, UCLA, uh, USC, they're, they're on the, Collision course, both undefeated right now, looking good in the Pac-12 before they leave the Pac-12, right? Uh, we talked about Alabama-Tennessee. Um, you know, another game want to keep an eye on. We got TCU playing this week. They looking pretty good as well. So a lot of good college football games, a lot of good games to bet on out there. Uh, very quickly in the Vikings, well, we saw, you know, the Vikings pulled it out 29-22. to 22. 
And I, I, I tweeted this out right after the Vikings game. It was ugly, no doubt. But these are games that they may have lost last year. And the Vikings, as long as you're winning, I don't care. I don't care if you win ugly. People are like, oh, well, they should have lost and they should have. But you know what? They didn't. And guess what? They're four and one. They're on top of the division. And that's okay because with the new coaching staff and everything else in place over there, new front office, all that, and for the Vikings to be four and one, we, we take that all day long. I get it. Some people want to see more Adam Thielen in the mix. I understand that. But let's just trust the process right now and, and see where it leads us. So we'll be talking much more football on next week's show. But, again, let's get to the Coach McKenzie interview. So I'll settle in for an hour of some really good discussion from one of the state's greatest high school basketball coaches to ever do it. I mean, Coach McKenzie, like I said, six-time state title winner. He won four in a row at Patrick Henry, 2003, four, five, and six. He comes back, um, you know, a decade later, does the back-to-back -back with Minneapolis North. You know, all the players that he has played for, you know, one of the top three coaches in the state record world-wise, but he retired with a career record of 481 wins, 166 losses, 74% winning percentage. He is 20-2 and two in the Minnesota State Basketball Tournament. On and on it goes. In 2014, he was the first African-American inducted into the Minnesota Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame. And he was just inducted into the Minnesota Basketball Hall of Fame as well. Coach McKenzie's done it all. So I am very honored that he took some time with us tonight. Sit back, enjoy this interview. It runs just over 55 minutes. And you will hear a lot of good information from one of the great basketball minds in Minnesota. So sit back and enjoy. And thank you for listening to the Sports Done Right podcast. All right, everybody. This is Vince Wright with Sports Done Right podcast coming to you out of the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very, very special guest. Uh, Coach Larry McKenzie's joining us. And for folks out there outside of Minnesota, this is one of the greatest basketball coaches, in my opinion, in the country. And it goes beyond the court with uh, Coach McKenzie because he is a uh, an educator of men. He he helps his his players. He helps students at the high schools he's been at, and he has really helped a lot of young men gain their footing going forward in life. So I, I am very honored that he took the time tonight to join us just to give you a couple of ideas who we have here. Um, the coach is a NCAA living legend award winner from 2019 Miami beach high school hall of fame, a Bush fellow uh, fellowship recipient. He is the first African-American coach in Minnesota basketball coaches uh, hall of fame to win um, four straight titles in the 100-year history of Minnesota State boys basketball, uh, 11 who care, on and on and on it goes. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is Coach Larry McKenzie, everybody. How are you doing this evening, Coach? I'm doing well, and I want to tell you that, you know, I'm honored, uh, a little familiar with the work that you've done and the podcast, and so 
uh, believe it, I want you to believe it or not, I'm super excited and honored oh. to be a guest uh, oh. on your podcast. Coach, that means the world to me because, you know, as now, um, as a Washburn man, and we talked a little bit about this when we talked before, uh, you know, I've watched you from afar. I've, I've seen you, seen your teams in person. And if my Washburn Millers aren't in the mix and, and one of your teams are, I'm definitely pulling for you. So I, I definitely thank you for that. So, you know, Coach, let's get started here. Why don't we just do a little bit of a background about you uh, where you were born and raised and where you came from and how you wound up uh, finding your way up north here. Yeah, so I uh, I grew up in Miami, Florida, uh, played at Miami Beach uh, Senior High School, um, where one of my teammates uh, will be pretty familiar with your listening audience. I uh, played uh, one year, my sophomore year, with a guy by the name of Andy Garcia. Uh, okay. who also happens to be in the Miami Beach Hall of Fame uh, and is known for his acting career. Yeah, that's um, right. Oldest of, of four kids. Uh, my Both of my parents were, were educators. My father uh, taught at the local high school, Miami Central High School, special ed for 34 years. My mom was an elementary school teacher uh, for 32 years. Uh, as I said, the oldest of four uh both uh, myself and my younger brother, John McKenzie, happened to be a uh, high school football coach. Uh, okay. But he also coached 30 years of college football uh, as well. And then I have two sisters, one in education uh, and one who's in nursing. Very interesting. I, I see, yeah, but, you know, coming from a very educated family, I see why education has played such a uh, deep part of your life there. Now, Coach, let me ask you, you know, growing up in the Miami area, um, who were some of your early influences down there, whether they come from the athletic side or from academia or maybe both? You know, as you were growing up, you know, who did you look up to as you were growing up down there in Florida? A uh, number of people. I mean, so I had uh, athletes in the community. Probably one of the, the biggest influence on my life was my high school basketball coach, uh, Chuck Filson. You know, uh, I always say the greatest influence on my life was my grandmother, the Reverend Pauline Jones. She's one of the first female uh, pastors okay. uh, in the uh, CME church. Uh, major influence on, on, on my life. Uh, my dad, who was, as I said, a uh, coach and educator and very uh, involved in the community, uh, a lot of stuff that I've done has definitely been trying to uh, follow in his footsteps. Somebody who believed in education, mm -hmm. uh, gave to kids in the community. My dad taught at, at Miami Central High School, and then he left the high school in uh, uh, 95th Street and came uh, seven blocks down to 87th. Uh, and worked at a Cola Park. Uh, he also was one of the recreation directors at the okay. park afterwards. And so yes. he knew all the kids in the community. Right. Uh, you know, got a lot of us interested not only in the education piece, but in, in athletics. And then, you know, I was blessed. My uh, dad's younger brother, uh, my Uncle Stan, who recently passed last summer, uh, he was a major influence on me. Uh, and actually fell in love with the game at seven years old, watching okay. him, Miami Northwestern, against Miami Jackson. My uncle would go on to play 
at uh, NYU. Oh, okay. Uh, played nice. two years in Italy. Yeah, Very, played two okay. years in Italy, and then eight years in the NBA. Well, wow. So, okay. Uh, been around basketball uh, a, a, a long time. So you know, those were some of the people. And then I had a lot of guys. I mean, guys who 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 just uh, older guys that uh, came and hung around at the park. You know, who just mm-hmm. always. Uh, encouraged me to hit my books and do you know do do the right things right absolutely absolutely well folks again we have coach Larry McKenzie joining us here on the sports done right podcast uh coach McKenzie you know what was it like playing basketball in Miami you know we think of Florida and we're always thinking about football and you know college football and the athletes down there but what was the high school basketball scene like in South Florida when you were coming up well, I'll, I'll tell you for your listening audience. Uh, in my high school career, I played against a guy you might have heard of by the name of Daryl Dawkins. Okay, yes, uh, sir. <laughs> the number one team, the number one team in Miami, Florida, uh, that uh, actually sent me home crying my junior year in high school. Uh, we called him the Jackson Five. A uh, guy by the name of Michael Thompson who might mm-hmm. be familiar to some in Minnesota. Absolutely. Uh, his teammate, Ozzy Lockhart, who oh, also okay. played at University yep. of Minnesota. They had a guy by the name of Cecil Rose, who played at the University of Houston. Uh, and then his cousin, Charles Thompson, who also played at the University of Houston. Mm-hmm. And then a guy that went on to play at the University of Louisville by the name of Julio DeVello. So we basketball um, – you know, people don't talk a lot about Miami basketball. But in mm-hmm. particular, I mean, if you think about Florida basketball, uh, you got guys like, again, guys that came up here, Daryl Mitchell, uh, guys right. that, uh, not too far from Miami, Vince Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a uh, lot of, lot of uh, really, really good basketball players have, have come out of uh, uh, Miami, Florida. And coach, tell the folks. So, how was Coach McKenzie as a basketball player coming up? What was your game like? You know what? So, I, I mean, I, I don't really like talking about my game, but Coach McKenzie <laughs> could play a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I was, uh, you know, I mean, my senior year, I was certainly captain of my team. I was all Metro. Uh, I was uh, uh, all city. I was honorable mention all state. Um, he, uh, he could play a little bit. Okay. The thing about it is, though, Coach McKenzie was a little bit chippy. I have to be honest okay. with you. Didn't always uh, always have the best attitude. Uh, I would say at times, uh, I always tell people, like, Coach McKenzie could have never played for Larry McKenzie. Uh, Coach ah. McKenzie was a headache and okay. difficult to coach. And because of that, uh, you know, uh, so, some personal things going on. Uh, and so because of that, you know, he, he ended up losing the opportunity to play some Division One basketball and oh, had to settle okay. uh, for playing at uh, NAIA school, University of Wisconsin, River Falls. But I always say, you know, I had one plan, God had another plan. And so came to the Midwest, fell in love with the, the Midwest, been here now 40-something years. Mm-hmm. Um, I played uh, – I played my freshman and sophomore year and then uh, kind of, uh, you know, got a little big headed, ran into some academic challenges and did not play uh, my junior year or senior year. 
just kind of ended up playing intramurals and all of that kind of stuff. Okay, but when right. I look back at it now, God was preparing me for the role that I've had because I've coached a lot of Larry McKenzie over the last forty-something mm-hmm. uh, years. Very well said, uh, Coach. Now, before I get into your transition into the coaching game, I was reading an article um, from My North News back in the day. Explain to me who John Cameron is and and how he affected your life. Well, John Cameron was uh, so I when when I was in college, I ended up pledging. Uh, college fraternity, Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. And John Cameron was my fraternity ad- advisor. And I tell people of the 30-something guys that he could have chosen, he just kind of took me under his wing. And so, I mean, he actually uh, was my mentor, but much more okay. than a mentor. He actually became, ended up becoming my surrogate father. And the thing, I mean, you know, as we talk about my coaching and the way that I coach, I, I tell people a lot of what I do is my attempt to pay back John K. Cameron. Uh, when I was 19 year old in college, I mean, the, the first thing that he ever did was, I remember him driving from South Minneapolis to River Falls, Wisconsin, to make sure that I was eating. Wow. And came uh, in, saw that my refrigerator was fairly empty, went to the store, filled up the refrigerator, uh, would drive 35, so 70 miles round trip weekly mm-hmm. just to check on me, make sure wow. I was doing the right thing in terms of school, class. When I graduated, he put me in his car. He drove me to every job interview that I had. Uh, really? Talked to me. He taught me uh, how to how to dress, uh, prep me on interviewing, all of those kind of things. And, and, and here's the, the kicker of the story. After all that he had done for me, he would never allow me. He never took a Father's Day card, never allowed me to pay for lunch, never allowed me to pay for dinner, mm-hmm. never allowed me to give him gas money, any of those things. The only the thing that he would say to me all the time, he would say, Matt, the only thing that I want from you is that when the day comes, I want you to allow others to stand on your shoulders the way that you stood on mine. Wow. Uh, and Absolutely. I lost I lost John Cameron about now, about 20 years ago. Uh, there is no way I could ever repay him uh, mm-hmm. for the investment that he made in my life. And when you, I mean, just as a mentor um, and my first job, he happened to be a manager uh, with Prudential Insurance Company. And my first job out of college was with Prudential Insurance Company. Okay. So uh, what he did for me uh, you know, he also, and, and I'll tell you, one of the things that he recognized uh, early on that I had, uh, I had a serious anger problem. I said I had a okay. serious anger problem, and he worked with me in terms of, um, you know, uh, uh, working through that. And, and he he gave me this little quote that I use to this day: that when Matt, when you get angry, I would just want you to repeat this to yourself. Those that the gods made, the, those that the gods uh, wish to destroy, first they made angry. Wow. And what he told me is that when you lose it and you become angry, you you lose your ability to process, to analyze, yeah. to make good decisions. And so when you feel that that, that thing coming on, and, and and so part of 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 my own personal, and I know there's somebody out there, so I'll share this. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell everybody I grew up in a 
two family, uh, a two parent single family household. My dad worked three jobs all my life. Uh, Didn't really get a chance to see me play basketball. Didn't really have an opportunity to see me do a lot of things as I got older. And so because of that, even though, you know, when it came to toys and vacation, you know, and, 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 and we talk to our kids all the time. Kids don't remember the things that they give them. They remember the time that you spent with them. And so because of that, uh, you know, uh, having my dad but not having my dad, I was an angry young man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so John Cameron came in as a, you know, young, 19, angry, 19-year-old young man, came into my life, uh, mentored me. Uh, actually, you know, I mean, and obviously yeah. being uh, some 1,800 miles away from home, uh, it, it was what I needed in my life. And so one of the things that, that he, you know, is his influence that has uh, – caused me to want to give back to uh, other young men like myself and also, you know, even young women uh, encouragement and help them navigate yeah. uh, through some of the challenges that I had as a young man. And again, folks, we have Coach Larry McKenzie joining us. That is a phenomenal story. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because when I, I read the article and then mentioned that scenario and um, John coming into your life and your relationship with your father not being the best, that's why I wanted to touch on that. So real quick, Coach, what was it like for you? Now, you talk about, you know, you're from Miami. You come up to River Falls, Wisconsin to play basketball. I mean, you know, I guess culture shock, all that stuff. You know, what was it like for you coming from sunny, warm South Beach up here and playing basketball? You know, how how did you, um, you know, deal with that the well, first couple it, of years? You know- Vince, I'm gonna be honest with you. It was a super culture shock, right. and at, at, at that time in, in 1975, 76, it, in, if I'm gonna be very honest with you, uh, River Falls, Wisconsin, was not necessarily ready for me or uh, or people, young men like me. Right. Uh, and so it, it, it was challenging. Uh, it, it, it was challenging, but again. I mean, one of the things that I appreciate, you know, the Bible say train up a child in a certain way and no matter what, you know, when they steer off. And so just having that foundation for my grandmother and then having somebody uh, like John Cameron coming into my life, man, it's it actually saved me. So, you know, nice, again, yeah. I was I was able to, you know, at, at the time, and I always tell everybody, you know, when I arrived on campus, it, it was about uh, 4,500 students. Uh, 125 uh, of which were African-American and 120 that played football, basketball, or (laughs) some kind of wrestle or some kind of sport, Mm -hmm. and five black women. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how it was back then, mid-70s. It definitely was a culture shock. And so, in, in a, and, and then came the, the cold weather, right? The 30 right, below, yep. the 40 below. But mm-hmm. I tell people, one of the things that kept me here was I actually fell in love with the Four Seasons. And and, okay. and as cold as it gets, I love fall and I love spring. That's my favorite right. time of year. Um, I, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, me and my wife, we make sure we, we get in the car. I, I, I'm one of those people that, just like the three, four-hour drive of just watching 
the different leaves uh, turn right, color. I don't yep. think there's anything more beautiful than that. And then, of course, I mean, you know, summertime come. I, I tell people, summertime come. I mean, if you visit Minnesota in the summertime, you may not go back to where you came from. This a, a lot of a lot of stuff to do, a lot of culture, right, yeah. you know, uh, and those kind of things. It's just a beautiful place. Absolutely. Now, Coach, so let's talk about the transition into coaching. So, you know, you, you finish your time at River Falls. You know, what are you thinking? Are you, you are you looking to maybe continue playing basketball in some aspect? Did you get into coaching right away after the University of Wisconsin River Falls? You know, just kind of share with us how you now are starting to proceed towards your your uh, let's just call it maybe your early coaching career. So, so, so coming out of, uh, of River Falls, I mean, one to be honest with you, and, and, and I, I actually just met a young man that came to a camp that I worked in 1977, and he, he, he just talked about how you know being me being the first person of color and the relationship and and, and that attending the camp that I put on as a student athlete, how that actually changed his life. That probably was, but I didn't consider myself as a coach. Like okay. everybody else, Vince, uh, I wanted to pursue professional basketball. All right. Obviously, yeah. um, you know, obviously being the the head case and in, 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 in the space that I was in, uh, the NBA wasn't an option at that time uh, for me. wasn't quite tall enough. And so I looked at, um, had an opportunity to, negotiate with some possibilities of um, going overseas. And to be honest with you, I was just afraid. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, 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 turned down an opportunity at that time in Portugal. Turned down an opportunity at that time uh, mm. in Greece. So uh, just, uh, you know, if I could do it all over again, now I encourage, you know, I tell people, all, if I could do it all over again, one of the things that I would do is I probably would have d- done a study abroad as a student, okay, you know, yeah. and, and got a little bit more exposed to the world. But, you know, coming, I mean, that was just not something that students of color, you know, was aware of or did at, at that particular time. So my real entry into coaching is a, a story that I love to share with you. So you probably heard of a guy by the name of Clyde Turner. Absolutely. Yep. Rest in peace. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So Clyde, at the time, Clyde uh, was kind of, as I was going back and forth from the city, you know, coming over to the University of Minnesota, hooping and stuff like that, I got to know mm-hmm. Clyde Turner, right, uh, through hanging out at the wreck and stuff like that. Okay. And Clyde was employed at that time by Big Brothers of the Twin Cities before the merger, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Big Sister, right, yes. And so okay. Clyde... Clyde was the program manager. And so I always say uh, Clyde was very convincing in getting <laughs> me to become a um, a big brother. And and okay. I have to say, I honestly tell people, and I, and I say this for somebody who's listening right now, at 22 years old, I honestly thought that I didn't have enough time to make a difference. But I did. I didn't think I had made enough money to make a difference. Right. But I did. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought I was too young to make a difference, but I did. So I became a big brother uh, to a young man, 13 years old, from a single-family household 
And the one thing that Jules and I, who's my little brother, discovered, that we both had a love for the game of basketball. Okay. And so nice. one day, Jules is uh, seventh grade at Incarnation in South Minneapolis, mm-hmm. uh, which is no longer there. But Jules happened to be in the hallway ear hustling. And he heard the principal and some adults saying, uh, we can't find anybody to coach the basketball team this year, so we may not be able to have a basketball team. Oh, so Jules okay. volunteered none other than his big brother. Wow. <laughs> and so um, that is how I got into coaching. I was volunteered. Uh, I always say I can't really say on the radio any of those things about how Jules and I conversation. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, but obviously uh, – I lost that argument, and so mm-hmm. I became a big brother with the expectation of changing the life of a 13-year-old young man, and my life was forever changed. Incredible. Um, and it is because of Jules that I would continue to coach wet basketball, and I mm-hmm. uh, I coached a program in South Minneapolis at Kenwood Park, Wesack Magic. Yep. Uh, I coached a group of kids from third grade through till they went to ninth grade. And when they went to ninth grade, uh, they went all over the place. And so I met uh, a gentleman in church by the name of Reverend Ephraim Smith, who had been recently hired as uh, the head coach at Minneapolis Patrick Henry. Mm -hmm. And Ephraim was a youth pastor and coaching basketball. And so I volunteered uh, as an assistant coach for one year and during the course of after that season and people may not remember but that first year we lost to St. Thomas 1996-97 uh, Patrick Henry lost to St. Thomas in the state tournament and that's another long story that I want to mm-hmm. go into right now <laughs> but Ephraim would get a job as a youth pastor in Dayton, Ohio the kids went to the athletic director and said we want Coach McKenzie, and I always say the rest is history. Right. Wow, that is a great story. Now, all right, so let's get into it now. Patrick Henry High School, um, you know, for the local crowd, everybody knows Patrick Henry High School. Um, they they know, they know Minneapolis North, but um, let's start, obviously, with Patrick Henry. Coach McKenzie first coach to win four straight titles, 2003, 4, 2005, and 2006 with Patrick Henry. So, you know, let's talk about, you know, you take over the program there, you know, kind of take us from day one. What are you looking to do? What was the team like that you inherited? And how did you build it into this dynasty? So interesting enough, and, and one of the things is, Remember when when I took the job, I mean, we we had gone to the state tournament the year before, but Patrick Henry had not won a state title since 1955. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the first thing that I did is I met with three uh, kids who um, obviously all ended up playing Division I basketball, Johnny Gilbert at Oklahoma, Tony Travis at Arkansas Little Rock, and, and Greg Patton who happened to be juniors at the time. And so I took them kids down to the locker room. I mm-hmm. said, uh, and, I'm, and I'm being very honest, we're not going to be your typical inner city program. 
uh, is going to start with us being student athletes. I inherited a team with the one point. And, and, and so as much as I'm proud of the fourth straight titles there, yes. what I'm most proud of is I took a team with a 1.2 GPA and over nine years took it to a team where when I left there, we had a team GPA of 3.4, wow. five young African-American male students who were all uh, National Honor Society students, 100% graduation, 100% college. Absolutely incredible. And I mean, that's really what it's all about because those are life lessons and this is bigger than the court. And, you know, again, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have Coach McKenzie on because, you know, what he is is saying really needs to be out there. And, and you know, we really need to get that message out there that, yeah, it's great to have success on the field, on the court, whatever you're doing athletically. But there is a bigger picture out there, and that's where we got to keep focus as well with these young men and women. So, Coach, um, you know, Patrick Henry, you know. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, so, you know, so continuing the Patrick Henry journey is one, you know, we're blessed with with a a great group of kids. And so one of the things that, you know, going in, as I said, when I talked to those three juniors, you know, I I, I believe in a high standard of excellence. So we talked about, you know, uh, one thing that, that I believe in, you know, and I said, going back to, you know, some of the things that my dad did teach me was that, first of all, that if you can dream it and you believe it you can achieve it and so i told him we're going to be champions right but in order to be champions we're going to have to do things that of that other people may not be willing to do so that means we're going to have to be hit up at six o'clock in the morning we're going to have to hit the weight room uh we 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 were you you could see us often uh running around the graveyard on 44th and and, and, and Penn Avenue. So those kids worked really, really hard, and we had a standard. You know, uh, I mean, we talked about, you know, I, my mantra at, at Patrick Henry was refuse to lose. Right. And so not only that, but but the things that I told our kids and I created, like, first of all, you know, here's the secret to really becoming a Division One athlete. It's not how many points you can score, not how many rebounds or any of those things. If you, if we can get you at a 3.0 and a 20 ACT, I could convince coaches. And, and, right. and you just Absolutely. play hard. We, we could pitch you to coaches. And that's what we were able to do. I mean, uh, we, I mean, I think when I, at last count uh, of those kids, like we had, uh, over nine years, we had 19 or 21 Division One kids come out of Minneapolis Patrick Henry High School. The only school that, if you go back to the university, the first city school to have three, any you know, urban inner right. city kids, yep. Brandon Smith, Al Nolan, and Lawrence yep. McKenzie, all on the roster at the same time. Never Absolutely. happened before and haven't happened since. You know, and that's the thing, too, because, you know, I come, you know, I I graduated in 1987 and, you know, it's always been North High when you when you talk about inner city basketball, North Side basketball, you know, with the success that North had always had. And that was the thing. It was just nice to see Patrick Henry, you know, finally rise up and, and have their own success and not only success. I mean, you know, they dominated with you for those four years and then 
let me ask you this about Patrick Henry, because you have all this success there, coach. You know, the accolades come and everything. When what or when did you feel it may be time for you to step down and and maybe get so away I, from Patrick Henry? Yeah. So I left in about in two thousand six. Um I had a offer, one of those job offers that you couldn't refuse. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a group here in Minnesota that bought an ABA team called the Minnesota Ripneys, and they made me, uh, they gave me part ownership, made me the general manager and the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Ripneys. And and I, 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 at that time, you know, we had, had, you know, you can, and and the thing about it is, I, I mean, I got some of my college coaching buddies, they say usually, you know, around seven years, anything over seven years, you start to get kind of stale, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, yep. I just felt that, that I wasn't really, you know, we had, I mean, I, I never had a losing season at Patrick Henry. And so, you know, it, it, it just, the challenge wasn't there. I mean, the kids kept coming, but, you know, I just felt like when this opportunity came by, for me to coach in, uh, you know, minor league professional basketball, like I couldn't pass that up because of course, it yeah. may not, you know, you know, may not ever get a, another shot, which I haven't uh, since. But also having that one year, to be honest with you, of coaching minor league, it it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it it taught me that I was a high school basketball coach. Ah, and that interesting, yes. Passion, that, that my passion, my purpose – was to take a 13-year-old boy and have right. him leave me, leave me as an 18-year-old young man. And so what I was put here to do, take basketball as a tool and use it to build boys to men. Absolutely. That, that was my mission and my purpose. And that's very interesting that, you know, you had this unique way of finding out about it and finding that purpose. But I'm glad that you did get your shot in the minor leagues. Now, does is that what leads you back to North High School? No. So, so actually, and I got to put this plug in just for folks right that ahead. listening and don't know. My one year in the AVA Minnesota Rip Knees, we 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 won the division. We were division champs. Okay. Uh, I was selected to coach the All Star team in the ABA, uh, and we didn't participate in the. The owners, because of some financial reasons, decided not to participate uh, in the, the uh, national tournament. And so I, I think that's the only reason that we didn't uh, win a national championship that year in the in the ABA. So I would uh, sit out uh, in 2007, 2008. Uh, the team folded because the economy went bad. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so 2007, 2008, I watched my son – Lawrence McKenzie finished his senior year at the University of Minnesota. Yeah. And then I went to Academy of Holy Angels, who uh, had not won in a while. And I was at Academy of Holy Angels for five years. Uh, came within two points. Of, uh, <laughs> yes, I remember. To uh, the state tournament. Who, who beat me? You remember? Oh, geez. Oh, Coach, you put me on the spot. He won for you. Easy uh, one for you. No, you put me on the spot, Coach. Who was Washburn. it? Washburn. Washburn. No, that's right. Section, yes, yes. That's the year that Washburn won the state tournament with Reggie Perkins. Yep. They beat us 
I'm oh, up. Man. I never forget the game. I'm up four with uh, like three minutes ago. I tell my team we're going to score one more basket. Uh, I call a timeout, actually. Uh, say we're going to score one more basket. We're going to hold the ball. Uh, after the timeout, my player throws the ball away to one of Washburn players. He's going in for a layup. He pushes him in the back. Basket goes in. It's a flagrant foul. So now we're so now we're down two. Uh, they make the free throws. It's tied up, uh, and mm-hmm. they get the ball back. And we end up losing to Washburn. I think uh, by four that 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 night. And they and of course Reggie, outstanding team, very talented team. They went on to they beat state champs. Uh, and so uh, Wood win a uh, conference title during my tenure at uh, Academy of Me and Holy Angels. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, you know, my work in the community, so I was doing a lot of work with, with black boys and had a lot of kids that I was mentoring. And uh, in all honesty, I knew that most of those kids wouldn't be able to get into the Academy of Holy right, Angels. Yeah. Uh, was concerned about I, I I I would tell you, Vince. I would go to city conference games and cry because I thought the, the basketball was so bad. And mm-hmm. so you know, just made kind of my personal mission. Uh, end up applying for Patrick Henry job and getting turned down. Oh, and okay. then uh, the principal, the principal of North High School, calls and said, um, you know, I, I know your work and I know what you've done with young African American men in this community, which you consider. Uh, coming to uh, uh, North High, and so at the time North had been on the verge of closure. Right, uh, that's the right. The day yeah. that I took the job, the day that I took the job, there were only 24 students enrolled. Uh, my first year, oh, only 68. There were there was only 68 kids in the school. Uh, the team had only won three games uh, the previous year and was 0 and 12 in the conference. Uh, my first year at Minneapolis North, we start uh, an eighth grader, uh, two ninth graders, and two sophomores. Because at that time, tenth uh, grade was the highest grade that they had at North High. They were growing the school back. Wow. And okay. So Interesting. To, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we lost by two points. Uh, that my first year, 2014, uh, two points to Minnehaha Academy. Uh, no, 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 not Minnehaha. Maranatha. We lost to Maranatha the two points uh, in the section finals. Uh, the next year, those kids would be one year older, mm-hmm. and we would come back and lose again. We lost by two points with six seconds left the first year. The second year, Maranatha beat us again, two points with six seconds. Uh, and now we had a veteran team. Uh, the eighth grader was now tenth grader. Those those sophomores were now seniors. Those uh, freshmen were now juniors. And so, in 2016, we won the state championship. 2017, state championship. And at that point, I became the first coach, and still the only coach in Minnesota state history, to take two teams, which happened to be Henry and North, to win multiple titles in Minnesota state basketball. History. Right, incredible. And, 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 you know, nine straight conference titles at Minneapolis North and a 
winning streak currently in the conference of 72 straight games. You know, it's really incredible what you've done with both of those teams. And, you know, Minneapolis North and, you know, just the history, the culture of basketball there. And like you said, I never see the I I never thought I'd see the day that North was zero and twelve in in any conference play for basketball. That just didn't make right. any sense. So let me ask you this, Coach, because one of the things too that I wanted to talk to you and kind of pick your brain about as well, Minnesota has really become a hub of high school basketball talent for both the men and women. I mean, it, it's really been incredible the amount of talent that is coming out of this state, and you know, obviously, you wouldn't think of Minnesota as this basketball uh, hub, but you know, you know better than most. What has it been about? the upgrade in, in high school talent in this state. I mean, what is going on with high school basketball in Minnesota, in your opinion? Well, I, I think a couple things. And I always say this, I mean, to be honest with you, when I came to Minnesota, I thought Minnesota basketball was one of the most kept secrets in the country at the time. I mean, you had guys like uh, – um, Jim Peterson and Kevin McHale and mm-hmm. Mars Landsberger and, 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 and Ben Coleman and um, Brett McNeil and Doug Carter and all of those guys. So Minnesota was producing basketball players. And then, you know, a lot of people forget about Khalid el LeBron Ike, Allen Anderson, uh, Langa Langa, Lawrence McKenzie, Kevin Henderson, mm-hmm. Chris Humphreys, you know, uh, 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 Royce White Taylor, in there as well. Uh, Jordan Taylor. You know, so yeah. so Minnesota had been producing basketball, but they didn't have social media. And they were not mm. traveling around the country. And I think once the shoe companies decided that they wanted to invest in basketball and then you started taking Minnesota kids out on the road, and okay. then the rest of the country started like, where did these kids come from? And so you saw you saw programs like Howard Pulley, you Absolutely. know what I'm saying, uh, <laughs> winning, you know, uh, winning on a national level, beating teams from. I remember going to watch them out of San Diego, uh, beating uh, uh, one of the top SoCal, one of the top one of the top AAU programs in the country. And so you know, and then you had you know you went from Pulley to grassroots sizzle and D1 and all of those programs, I think being out on the national circuit, getting our kids more okay. exposure, uh, North Tartan, what they've, what they've done with the girls program, you know, a few others uh, like that. Uh, and, and so I, I just think having the opportunity to really get out and compete uh, around the corner, around the country, uh, people just have taken notice like, dang, you know, right. they got some hoopers up there. I mean, I don't really know where Minnesota is, but I need to find out because, I mean, man, look, I go, <laughs> yes, to, sir. I, I go to national conferences and college coaches are always, Coach McKenzie, I got to come up there and visit you. Man, I got to get me a Minnesota kid. They they keep telling me that's one of the – it's a hotbed, you know, that, that I mean, we hear about, but but I, I need to get in there. I mean, yeah. So we've got kids, man. We Yeah. And so now I think the rest of the country – I mean, obviously – you know, you got the uh, number one high school player in in the, in the country back to back, Jalen Suggs, Chad Holmgren, you know, mm-hmm. Paige Buker, all of those kind of things. It doesn't do anything but open up doors, you know, for 
uh, for a whole lot of other kids. No, absolutely. Now, Coach, let me talk to you. So, you know, we have the success at North. You have you go back to back over there with with a couple more state championships, and then you know we. I, I just want to kind of get your vibe on when did you start falling out of favor with how the current state of high school athletics is. Um, you know, one of the things you kind of talked about when you, you know, were re- talking about your retirement and whatnot is you just didn't, you know, with these NIL deals now and everything, maybe the way the AAU is set up, you really didn't seem like you were a proponent of where this thing was going. So kind of take us through and, and, you know, the downfall of your feelings of continuing to coach yeah, yeah. And, and whatnot. So, so honestly, you know, so, uh, you know, the thing of it was, so two things. One, you know, we finished, well, we lose, you know, we have the COVID year, right. uh, which was quite challenging, Absolutely. you know, uh, not, not, you know, not really being able to, to build team the COVID year. And then we come back. So, so in 20, to be honest with you, 2021, uh, I, I, I'm starting to feel, you know, just not having the energy, right? From mm-hmm. a, uh, and, and to me, to run the type of program that I, I ran at North, it was really a lot of heavy lifting. Okay, and this past sure. season, you know, with, with more parent, parent kind of involvement, more, of, more mm-hmm. conversations about playing time and who was scoring what right, and, and, yep. and all of those kinds of things. You know, and then, in, in, in all honesty, so I, I I finished second in the state last year. You know, we mm-hmm, we yep. lose our best defensive player in the quarterfinals, and so we end up losing in, uh, in the state tournament. And after that, instead of celebrating the accomplishment, we had a number of kids that you you know, I mean, having having been in and out of locker rooms for. Forty something years, right. you, you it was it, it, the team didn't mean what it used to. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, it had absolutely. become so individualized, and it was more about you know, really. I mean, I'm, and to be honest with you, the feeling, the vibe that I was getting, like parents weren't even cheering for the teams anymore. You know, not just my team, but when I go to games, I mean, mm-hmm. all you hear is pass the ball, pass the ball, till they kid get the ball, shoot. You know, and, right? Um, yeah. You know that kind, of, and so and so it didn't really. And being an old school guy, having been around the game for so long, it mm-hmm. didn't matter anymore whether or not your team won or lost. It was about how much did this individual kid play and how many points did they score, um, and who gives a heck about you? You finishing second in the in the state tournament, right? And so that weighed on me. You know that really weighed on me, like Larry. You know this ain't the game that 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 you you, you grew up with. You know, I mean, all during my high school career, probably saying, you know, you wanted to win a, a, a you wanted to win a team title. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, watching what was going on in youth basketball, where they're actually you you're a champion every Sunday. You know, you play eighteen oh, games on the weekend, yeah. and then there's a champion. So it was diluting the meaning of being a true champion, in, in my opinion. Then they actually went to give them 
you know, third, fourth grader, second grader wings for winning yes. the, the Absolutely. tournament. Absolutely, yes. Uh, yeah. and, and, and then, you know, you hear, you, you got parents coming to you, like, talking about, you know, my son ranked this and my son ranked that. So when I talked to – so when NIL came, I'm like, man, I could just imagine the locker room where, you know, you got kids you, – you already got kids and issues around who's playing and how much they're playing, right? Right. Yep. Now you got – now on top of that comes – Somebody who's getting paid the most, how much they're getting paid. Oh, and right. coach, coach, you're costing my son money because he's not playing. Right, yeah. Like, like so <laughs> uh, another thing of getting in the way of building team, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I mean, I need to play so I can get this endorsement. You know, I mean, Ray Ray Barbecue is paying me $1,000. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? So I, I need to score uh, 40 points. And I just didn't, I just, I just, you know, uh, at this age and, and, and I was just in this space, I, I, I just didn't feel like I could give my all in 100% in that kind of environment. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, yeah, I sure I, and, do. And all honestly, I still, I still want to find a way to be involved in the game. I don't know necessarily if it's not a college opportunity, whether or not I want to be like a head coach someplace. Okay. Uh, but I still want to, I still want to help kids. I, you know, so I, I, I know that come November, you know, I'll be in somebody's gym helping somebody, uh, still passionate about the game. Right. But just, um, you know, from a, from a, from a head coach kind of lens, uh, just didn't want to deal with that nonsense you know yeah like it it makes sense i I mean i dreaded i dreaded the day that i walked in the gym that vincent to say uh walk in and coach can i talk to you uh Mm -hmm. how can i help you sir uh you know little vince is not playing and you know his his uncle's got this construction company that he (laughs) he could probably get an nil deal but you know you tossing us money because he don't get no playing time Oh, geez. you know, and so, yeah, so so it, it, it was a combination of all of those things, uh, you know, and, and one of the things that I said to a lot of people, I'll say to you as well, I, I know that the game is going to change, right? We mm-hmm. we all know, I mean, of good, course, better, yeah. and different. I just had a choice whether or not that I wanted to be a part of this right. new game, and I decided that I did well, I, you know, I think it was a, uh, you know, a decision that obviously you thought long and hard about. Coach McKenzie is, was a coach for 42 years, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, the record speaks for itself. We talked about the championships, um, everything that he's done on the court. And, Coach, before I get you out of here, one of the things I want people, first off, I want them to go to your website, which is coachmckenzie.com. And Coach Larry McKenzie, first off, I'm going to divert a little bit because I have a little personal tie-in with your son, my daughter, uh, um, Larry Mack, or L. Mack, as, as he's known, was her coach at 40, uh, was it 43 Hoops over in 43 Hopkins? 43 Hoops. Yep. And, yep. you know, she absolutely loved your son. She loved going over there. 
And once she heard that I was going to be interviewing you, she wanted me to pass that along to you. She's a sophomore now at the University of Nevada, Reno. She doesn't play basketball or anything, but she just wanted me to say hello to to you and your son because she really enjoyed uh, her time with him as well. So I just wanted to let you know that. And also, again, CoachMcKenzie.com, folks, because... Coach, I want you to tell us about your speaking career now. I mean, you're doing all this public speaking and 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 sharing your stories and helping to uplift other folks in the corporate world and, and outside of the, the athletic world. So why don't you tell folks about LarryMcKenzie.com and just what you're doing right now with all your public speaking? Yeah, so, so right now, I mean, and it's funny because I had two engagements today. Uh, spoke to the soccer team at Minnehaha this morning, and then I mm-hmm. spoke to a group of young men in North Minneapolis uh, a couple hours prior to uh, this interview. First of all, let me just say uh, thank you uh, for entrusting your daughter with my son. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I hear, I mean, I run into people all the time that he trains their kids, and they do love him. And I have to say, I've watched them. He's a great teacher. I mean, uh, yes, you he know, is. I, yep. I try to get him into coaching, try to get him into coaching, but trainers make a whole lot more money than coaches. <laughs> yes, so, they do. <laughs> um, I, I, I just love, I love watching him work and he does an outstanding job. And so mm-hmm. going back to, you know, one of the things that, uh, Vince, that my grandmother uh, used to say, she gave me this book when I was 14 uh, by Napoleon Stone. And, and, and in that book, there was a quote that said, uh, having knowledge and not sharing it is like having an atomic bomb and never dropping it. Wow. And so in 42 years, mm-hmm. you know, corporate America, being an educator and all of the experiences that I've had from, you know, coaching third graders to uh, professional athletes, guys who got paid to play, uh, I- I've acquired a, a lot of knowledge and, and I've learned a lot. I've learned... And so I, 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 what I'm doing uh, with CoachMcKenzie.com is, you know, for organizations that, that reach out, uh, uh, we've been going in and we do uh, keynote speeches, whether that's for fundraiser or gala. Uh, we most dis- uh, recently did something with Bloom Learning Center and got something coming up with uh, St. Paul, uh, the youth services organization here in November. And so we're just sharing our stories, sharing our knowledge about what we around uh, coaching, around Mm -hmm. leadership, around building, you know, around, uh, you know, one of my favorite speeches to give the young people is uh, think like a winner, act like a champion, you know, Uh, and so, or helping people figuring out uh, the DNA of a champion. Well, what's, why, why, I mean, and you think about this, I always tell people, if you, I mean, and you're a sports guy, so you are, you'll know this. You can take a guy who who we would really call sorry, not be a big fan of, send mm-hmm. him to Boston, Miami, L.A., and then all of a sudden they become a winner. Right. Something about those organizations, yep. right? The way they do things, their standard of excellence. And so I'm sharing uh, those kind of things that I've learned uh, on this uh, 42-year journey uh, as a coach, as an educator, as a mentor uh, with people that want to hear my story. 
Well, you do a great job of explaining it. I, you know, I, I was on uh, your site and on YouTube watching you speak all day today. And also, you are also the author of a book, much more than just a game, or excuse me, basketball, much more than just a game by Coach McKenzie as well. I'm going to be ordering my autograph copy from the website here after we get done with this interview, Coach. Um, you know, well, you just quick. hold on. Well, I, I got one for I got one for you when we meet. And uh, yes, I it, appreciate it, it. We're, we're about two months away, two months away since you, you got me on air. In, in two months, we're going to be introducing part two of basketball. So much more than just a game. Oh, okay. It's called run it back. It's called run it back. And we're finalizing everything now. And it's That's just great. the additional thing that, that uh, we talk about in that book. Now we're going to update it and bring you into the 21st century. All right. Well, hey, I look forward to it. Um, again, Coach McKenzie, this has been such an honor, you know, for you taking an hour of your time tonight to speak with us on the Sports Done Right podcast. Um, you know, I'll, I'll reach out down the road because I'd love to talk to you about part two of the book. And I'll be in touch, you know, uh, because I'd, I'd, I'd love to meet you in person. My sister, Kim Bell, who played over at the University of Minnesota, she's done some work with Clyde Turner at the camps and has met you and has nothing but good things to say about you as well. So again, sir, thank you so much for taking the time and, and sharing your story because it has been a, a great story. The, bas- the basketball success, definitely, but I really wanted to touch on the off-the-court things as well. So, Coach, again, thank you so much for joining us on the Sports Done Right podcast. Well, thank you for having me. And one thing that I do appreciate, Vince, we want sports to be done right. And hey, so keep yes, doing sir. what you're doing. We, we, we want it to be done right. And so I appreciate the, the opportunity to come on and share some of my concerns uh, about the game and where it's gone and those kind of things because, like you, I'm an advocate of sports being done right. Absolutely, Coach. Thank you so much, and you have a great evening. Well, there you have it. Thank you, sir. There you have it. Look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm just jumping all over myself. Larry McKenzie, thank you so much. Bravo, bravo, bravo. One of the great basketball minds, one of the great men of Minnesota, Coach Larry McKenzie. So, again, thank you so much. And I'm just going to leave it on that for Sports Done Right. Um, I want to thank my sponsors, Cultivated CBD. Again, the best CBD products, honestly, because they work. So if you have pain issues, if you have sleep issues, anxiety, they got, um, you know, all kinds of options for you. Go to cultivatedcbd.com. Our friends at 7th Avenue Pizza as well. The best frozen pizza out there in the state of Minnesota. Make sure you get you some, as the sports governor likes to say. And on the uh, podcast, or excuse me, the Pigskin Podcast Network, where you can find our show, by the way, our network sponsor is DraftKings. So NFL action's in full swing at, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins, people. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. So, again, check it out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost seven, or excuse me, 
Seven of their winnings from DraftKings stepped up game parlays. Same game parlays, excuse me. So uh, all kinds of options to win there. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, folks, great show tonight. Thank you for listening. Sports Done Right will be back next week. Will the Gophers have a win under their belt and get the season back on track? Do the Vikings keep their winning ways going? Timberwolves are going to be back in action. Minnesota Wild, they're going live tonight as well. We are back, man. We got all the sports going now, so this is great. I am Vince Wright, Sports Governor. Make sure you follow the show at Sports Done Right on Instagram, on Facebook at the same. Just Google Sports Done Right. We are on all the podcast platforms. And again, Sports Done Right, W-R-I-G-H-T, my last name. So thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Sports Done Right. With your host, the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Check out Sports Done Right every Tuesday night. And when it's over, stay up on all of the breaking sports news and commentary by joining the Sports Done Right Facebook group. Let your voice be heard and join the conversation right now. You finally got it right with Sports Done Right. Right.